When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas, who is contractually obliged to say Vision 6-9 for a couple more episodes. Um, and who on the other side are you? Freddie, I'm your producer. My name is Matt Duncan. Uh, I'm running the uh, Confederacy of Dunks podcast on Raptors Republic. And uh, how are you doing with our boy Kyle Lowry back in the finals? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm very happy for Kyle. I, I, I won't and I can't root for Miami. They are uh, a glamour market. Can't do it. Yeah. But um, I'm very, very happy for Kyle. I, you know, I, I love both teams, Nuggets and Five. But um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to talk about it more. Uh <laughs> Uh, Maddie, let me just before we before we dive into the pod, you're a hardcore Leafs fan. Dubis fired. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy in Leafland right now. Dubis is gone. We don't know what's going to happen. Shanahan's throwing down that Mimico attitude that I grew up knowing. You don't yeah. want to cross some Mimico, dude, man. This is a Mimico. <laughs> it's a Mimico. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are. We're a Raptors uh, podcast. We're NBA podcast. We're, we'll be leading with NBA today. Um, we're with Raptors Republic. Uh, yeah, um, let's let's get into it. Uh, first guest, uh, he's been on a couple times. Um, great guest. He actually just uh, you know he, he works with Raptors Republic too. He's a writer, um, and he does the wrap up podcast. Uh, he, he just did an episode with uh, Oren Weisfeld, uh, which is really good. Um, uh, make sure you check that out. It's, a, it's about the future of the NBA. Uh, is it in trouble? Is it thriving? Like really sort of awesome evergreen topics. Like that's, that's my space. I love to, uh, live in that zone. So make sure you check that pot out. Um, it's with Oren as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's bring him on, make some noise. Even if, even if you're at home alone for Aiden Moss. What's up? Yo. I don't know if this is a song that, like, if it goes further or if that's it, you know? I think that's it. It hits my personality type so hard, just, like, slow and deep and constant. I love it. But I, I keep thinking it's going to break it and break into, like, I'm waking up. Whatever that, you know, <laughs> imagine. Is that imagine? Oh, God. Break? Not that era, please, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Um, all right, let's, let's bring our guest number two. Uh, uh, she's, she's an awesome comedian. She's an improviser. 
Um, she does a lot of WNBA stuff. She showed me and Catherine the ropes um, for this most recent WNBA game. Uh, she was, was kind enough to let me call her uh, the day before and figure out like where I'm supposed to enter the building as media. Uh, and I got, I got some pretty bad ADD. So that was like the biggest part of it for me, trying to figure out where to go and uh, all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, she's also, uh, uh, I think this is pretty new. The, the managing editor in chief of Raptors HQ uh, make some noise, even if you're home alone for Chelsea late. Also rocking a Liberty Jersey. Sabrina Ionescu. Always. One of the uh, two super teams, although right now the aces look insane. Um, mm-hmm. So, but uh, what's up, Chelsea? Thanks for joining. Yeah, I was just thinking about the fact that we're going to perform together for the first time this weekend. Yeah, um, we, we're Which doing so yeah, beer, fun. beer. Yeah, beer, beer, you and me. So yeah, we're just moving our podcast yeah. thing onto onto the stage. Yeah, if you uh, if you are in Toronto, um, beer, beer is a show where when you buy a ticket, you get two beers. So that's pretty good. Uh, it's an improv shows like four different groups, and me and Chelsea are going to be on the last group. Uh, we're in a thread and I made a, a joke about making it all about basketball. But then I think everyone was like, let's take this guy seriously. Like he really wants to do this, but, but I only was half joking. So, I mean, I would do an entire improv set about basketball. Yeah. And I suggested my favorite improv troop name that I've ever come up with. It's probably the best piece of writing I've ever done. So, yes. uh, come to that if you want to know what our name is. Yeah. Come check it out. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pumped Chelsea and, and thanks for being on the pod again. Yeah. Anytime. All right, let's uh, let's jump in. Uh, we're gonna do some NBA first. Maddie, good sir, uh, give me your best, weirdest, weird owl NBA sting. This is Adam Silver. It's not even weird to me anymore. Trust in Masai. There we go. Trust in Masai. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, made this joke before, but we got chat GPT and whatever this thing is, is, is just, it's a really early version. Um, I can't pronounce the guy's name. Um, okay. Let's start with you. Uh, let's start with you, Chelsea. Uh, bit of a convoluted question here, but sort of, you know, ever since the Raptors one, I've been really fascinated with this. Uh, you know, I, I remember when we beat the Warriors, there was this feeling of, you know, a, a new era coming in, like it wasn't going to be the Warriors and the Cavs playing each other over and over. And and this, uh, you know, with, with Miami and uh, with Miami beating the Celtics, it, it makes it five years in a row that no team has returned to the finals back to back, tying a five year stretch in the 70s. So I think really, you know, this era will be defined as a as a parody era. Um, obviously you got a lot of international MVPs. Um, you know, there's not really an American MVP in sight in my opinion. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really kind of a changing league. And so my, my question is, is kind of twofold. Um, how does this series in your opinion, reflect this idea of parody or not? And, and how long is, how long is this era going to last? Um, I think like for the first part, I think it just reflects the amount of international talent that the NBA is getting and their focus on trying to make their 
their league a bit more worldwide and accessible. And I mean, when the Raptors won the championship, and it was really the first time that I had heard like much of the like talk and jargon that goes along with um, a championship. And the big thing is like world champions, world champions. And it's like, okay, but your league is America plus like one team in Canada. Like Mm -hmm. this is a big thing to be calling yourself world champion. Right. And I think over the past couple of years, what I've realized is, okay, they're starting to like live up to that a little bit more just because a lot of their talent is like worldwide. Um, And I think it's good. I mean, there's obviously talent all over the world. And the fact that now we have the, the reach and the resources to be able to go find that talent, bring it to this league and be able to see it grow. And, you know, those are the stories everybody loves. Everybody loves the, like, you know, we found this person and then we brought him to America and now he's an MVP kind of thing. Um, And I just think this particular finals is like a win for Canada. And I'm always going to bring the Canadian narrative into it, but it's like, you you have like the, you got to have like the Jamal Murray, Kyle Lowry thing. I love it. Um, So I love that. And I think, yeah, it's just making it more like accessible to the international audience, which they need because that equals money. And we know that the NBA loves money. So yeah. And I think in terms of like the actual parody of the league itself, it only makes it more exciting again, Mm. like, you know, I'm going to bring up that Sports Illustrated guy who was like, there's no stories. Like, there's like a plethora of like anything you can ever think of when it comes to stories. And parody only helps that because you find all these guys on these random teams that you didn't think were, you know, going to have a chance. And then you have the comeback stories and the underdog stories and all that stuff that people just like eat up. And like, again, we'll spend so much money, you know, reading and doing all that stuff for so it's only good things i think for the players for the league and also for us like reporting it and Mm -hmm. writing about it yeah you know i think if you love nuance and you love sort of uh new stories and sort of not having to go back to this kind of like um like you you like a league that's not one note um Mm -hmm. and you know we're we're both huge WNBA fans and you know that that league is just like it's the the opposite of one note it's you know it's it's such a dramatic kind of constant change um how long do you do you think this is going to go on for a long time or do you see like is there is this kind of the calm before the storm uh, you know of another super team sort of thing like do you see not necessarily super team but do you think that like this the parody era for instance is going to go on for 10 years I think so. And I think that only lends to the fact that you have these international talents and you, I mean, scouts and draft people are just getting better and better. You think about where, you know, Nicola was drafted like 42nd or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and now look, and then you have people coming from Canada, like Jamal Murray and other like, you know, shy Mm -hmm. and all those people. Right. And I think, you know, these little underdogs are just going to keep being found from all these random places because like I said, because of the internet and the global reach of, basketball now you can go find some random kid in some small town and you know make them a superstar and so that's going to happen more and more and so there's not you can't have all those people on one team obviously and even sometimes when you do think of the nets it doesn't work so i just think that yeah we're in a cool era of like you said parody but i think it's just because the like amount of talent and the amount of resources these people have you can take a kid now who may not be like the best and like give them a bunch of training. And if you have mm-hmm. resources and money, you can do whatever you want. Right. So I think it's only going to get better because there's just so many more resources. They don't have to rely on just like being from America and being tall and talented anymore. Right. Like there's more, there's more access. And, you know, I think also mm-hmm. as, as basketball 
you know, I mean, I, I don't think it will ever sort of um, threaten soccer. Or I mean, I'm sure by the numbers, maybe not cricket as well. But, you know, I, I feel like as far as like access, it has to be, you know, top three, top five played sports in the world. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's only going to happen more and more and more. Um, and then even within America, within, you know, Canada, you're going to have like like watching uh, uh, Haywood Highsmith and hearing them be like, he's from Wheeling Jesuit. And I'm like, Wheeling Jesuit? What in God's name is that? And but yeah, like, you know, the, I think the sort of the 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 bar for the the players who are sort of on the, the role player, the lower end, that's raising as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Aiden, what's your... Uh, What's your sort of take on kind of like the overall parody, how it's reflected in the series, kind of where that's, you know, how long is it going to last? Yeah, I agree with everything you've all said. And and to add to that, I think, you know, we saw Canada's evolution as a basketball nation. It, it took, you know, 10, 15 years. But now you look at the ranks of you know, college basketball, the NBA, Europe, it's just filled with Canadians. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see something similar with African nations as well in the coming decade. And I think yep. that adds to this larger idea of there's just more skilled athletic people out there that are filling the NBA um, year by year. And that's adding to this idea of parity. It's just like, there's just a lot more skill and a lot more like interesting bodies like Wembyama coming coming to the forefront. Um, so that adds to it. I also think the, the three point shot has created some kind of like, um, equalizer, right? If yeah, you look at, sure. I mean, if we look at the series, Denver and Miami are top two in three point percentage. So if you can, you know, outshoot a team like Miami essentially did to Boston for a series, you have a shot. Everybody has a shot. So I think that kind of adds to parity a little bit. And then the last thing I'll say as far as where we're seeing this going with the new CBA, I think parity, we have no choice but parity. Mm-hmm. It seems like as far as what I'm, I've heard about the CBA is that you can't have more than two max guys. Um, and you're going to have to do really well at finding the Highsmiths, like you mentioned, the Duncan Robinsons, these other guys that can fill the the your roster um and so if you look at a team that has a lot of yuck, young and up-and-coming talent even the raptors it's like three years down the road if they have to choose between pascal og precious and scotty they're gonna have to make some really hard decisions and inevitably not sign somebody and then those guys are going to go to other teams that do have space and money so then you're going to be spreading out the resources whereas maybe five years ago or even last year if you're the clippers or the warriors you're just buying up as many players as you can and and creating this kind of top heavy effect. So I think parity is where this is the era of basketball is going to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I, I I totally agree. Like I think it's sort of maybe some team kind of cracks a new code. Um, but I, I do think that it, we've it's almost like a point of no return. like the talent level, the skill level, uh, international players like everything's just on the rise and it's hard to imagine any reversal of that um and you know it's a really good point uh, about the three right because i feel like more and more kids are coming up like could you imagine a guy like Wembenyama, you know working so hard to be a three-point shooter even you know 15 years ago 
Like, you know, there's a, like even, even like, you know, the Raptors have Pirtle, right? If, if Pirtle was coming into the league now, I'm sure people would say like, buddy, you absolutely need a three. Yeah. Like you cannot not have a three, like you have to shoot. Um, and I, you, you, I think you even see that with Coloco, right? Coloco is, he wants to have a three. Um, he did hit a three in a pivotal game. Um, I but, was there. Uh, I was sick. Yeah, that was, that was like not a lot of really like fun moments. That was one. Um, yeah. And then him after, like in the press room, just being like, yeah, I knew it was going to go in. I was like, yes. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm such a big fan of like a player doing something that is extremely unlikely and then just owning mm-hmm. it like it was it was meant to be. Um, yeah. OK, I'm going to stick with you, Aiden. Uh, for this next question here. Um, and yeah, you, you actually, you know, threw it in the thread before the pod. Um, so, you know, give me any thoughts you have on, we'll just do sort of a, a quick thing on, you know, any thoughts you have on, on Bob Myers resigning uh, as well as um, yeah. Of the three coaching vacancies that have uh, vacancies that have been filled. I think there's still three more Detroit um, Phoenix and Toronto. But, uh, yeah, so we have uh, Adrian Griffin with the Bucks, Nick Nurse with the 76ers, and Ime Udoka with the Rockets. Of those three, like, who are you the most optimistic about? And, and yeah, what's your thoughts on Bob Myers quitting, resigning? Yeah, so I Bob Myers kind of ties in. Like, we were talking about just before how I have zero expertise on coaching. Like, these guys are yeah, at a level sure. of intellect and – like I think there's so much more at play that I than I understand, so I have a limited perspective. But what I do think is that, for me, there's two really important things. One is long-termness. I mean, again, if we look at Miami and Denver, those two coaches are two of the longest tenured in the league. I think it's yeah. like Popovich, and I'm not even sure who the next one would be. So I think stability really goes a long way. And this sudden, you know, short-sightedness as far as coaching goes and, and immediate expectations, I think is is a poor way to approach building a winning franchise. Yeah. And then the other part is I think you got to make the players happy. Like there I think there are circumstances where it's the institution, the coach goes first. And I think Miami's a pretty good example. But at the end of the day, the player's gotta be happy. So mm-hmm. with that being said, um I think I think the Adrian Griffin signing to Milwaukee's the best. And bottom line, it's because Giannis wanted it. And if Giannis wants it, and I, like I think Griffin's a, a cool dude. He's an ex-NBA player. He looks like he has a chill vibe. He look I from what I've heard, he's a thoughtful, like intellectual coach. So I think for a veteran team like Milwaukee, it's all about just uh, like having that, those vibes fit. So I think that's the best signing. I don't know about nurse and Embiid, to be honest, like that's like the opposite of vibes fitting. I feel like their, their vibes are at other ends of the spectrum. So it's going to be interesting to see how that looks. And I definitely don't think James Harden and Nick nurse are, are compatible either. So I, I wonder about that situation. Um, and then just quickly on Myers, it, I, I think Myers kind of outgrew his position. Maybe like, it seems like he wants bigger and better things. Is that indicative of a, of a, a an era change in golden state? I don't know. Remains to be seen, but kind of just seems like Myers is ready to go. Yeah. And you know, I think it, it ties in well to era, right. Um, 
you know, the Warriors sort of, I mean, I think a dynasty will happen again. Like that's, that's sort of the flow of the NBA. Um, and even if it's a long time before there's another dynasty, uh, I do think that like what the Warriors did will, will definitely, you know, stand the test of time. Um, and, and Myers leaving, I think even if it's not like a big sort of, even if it doesn't feel like a big moment, I think it will end up being a big one. Mm. Um, although I will just add, I do think, you know, just, just to sort of jump back to the parody thing real quick. I do think that Jokic is set up and Denver are set up to be very good for a long time. And I think the West, I don't know. I don't really, I feel like a lot of teams are on the decline in the West. So, but yeah, that's just a little aside, but um yeah, I, I I agree with you on on on, on all the coaches. I, I feel like Griffin is mine. Um, y- your main point is is salient to me. Like, it's it's a coach where, or it's it's a league where players have such a say, and and how they interact with the coach really really matters. So the fact that he's a you know sort of has the blessing of Giannis a yeah is huge, and b players clearly seem to like him. Well, I think that's a major, major thing in the league. You know, it's not, it's not college. You can't sort of boss players around and say, I know best, just do what I say. Like that just doesn't really fly. I think Raptors fans know that well with the last, uh, you know, year or two of nurse. Yeah. And I think, I think like it depends to, you know, if, if, if it's Houston, I think you do need that a little bit more. And I think Ime is probably going to provide that like structure, strictness, uh, like buy in or get out kind of thing. But with Milwaukee, you know what you have, right? Like they they have won it all with uh, an, uh, the, the collection of players they have. And assuming they're running it back, you know, it's going to be tweaks and stuff. So I don't think you can really go wrong um, with whoever you sign so long as, as like you're saying, like there's like, a cohesion there from the get-go. Yeah. And, you know, to just to, to, you know, touch on what one of your other points too, uh, it, I think the bud firing was one of the more interesting firings to me. Like I, I, every time I hear sort of like, Oh, this timeout was bad or this adjustment was bad. It's just hard for me not to look at like buds regular season and playoff record and championship uh, you know, even with Atlanta and, and sort of see a coach that's really talented. But uh, yeah, again, I'm sure there's so much I don't know. And I think it could be as simple as Giannis being like, I like, I'd like a new coach. And then that's yeah. sort of, that's sort of that. Um, okay. Chelsea, I hope we didn't take all the points. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. What's your, what's your thoughts on, you know, Myers and, and the coaches and the fit. Yeah. The first thing I would like to say is that I guess that Nick nurse was going to go to Philadelphia a month ago. So I, just I saw that. that yeah. That was huge. I guessed I was right. But anyway, um, and I, honestly, like I was just guessing that mostly out of like, that would be funny. Um, and then it <laughs> happened. So um, but I honestly thought that nurse was going to go either to the Bucks or to the Suns, honestly. And my like my thought process with the Suns was that like his first year in Toronto, you had like Kawhi Leonard. You had like these big like names and a lot of pressure, which I feel like the Suns also have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they just got KD. They have, you know, they're on the back end of Chris Paul. They have Devin Booker, you know, all those like young people that they have so much potential and people have just been waiting for it for a couple of years, which I feel like the Raptors were kind of in that same like cusp 
as Nick Nurse came in. So I was like, oh, that might be a good fit. He might be able to like repeat his like glory or whatever. Right. Um, and then with the Bucks again, like I just thought, like, again, you have a group of really talented people. Um, and then you have, you know, this coach that has like a determined winning, you know, record. He has a championship, whatever. Um, and it's also kind of, I think, from that area, like of geographically. And so I, you know, I thought that was a good fit too. And I agree that the Philadelphia fit is maybe the least likely and the least kind of like when you think about it logistically. I did hear that Embiid and Nurse like met and it went well. So like, I don't right. know. Um, yeah, again, there's so much that like we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. We're literally just getting the like this person interviewed and this person interviewed. And I think out of a lot of things in the NBA, I do think they keep these coaching searches like the most under wraps for whatever reason. So um it's definitely going to be interesting to see how he interacts with Embiid and how he reacts with Harden. I think the Harden thing might be even a little bit more interesting because you know that Harden doesn't really have like that, like loyalty to teams that maybe like Embiid or Giannis or like, you know, others may have because he's moved around so much. So I'm very curious to see like, is Harden going to request a trade at some point? Is Embiid going to request a trade? Like how long this, this experiment, I guess, that they're going into will last. And you're right. We're in an era where coaches literally have like a season, if that, to prove themselves. And then, you know, there's so many different um, candidates out there that are like ready and that they could take their pick of that. They're like, oh, you didn't work. You're gone. You know, there's so many other people we can pick from. So it's definitely an interesting era. And I do think like the the Adrian Griffin to the Bucks thing is also very interesting, too. Um, because I didn't expect them to go for a first time coach. I kind of expected them to pick mm-hmm. someone who, you know, has a, a experience being a head coach. And maybe that was the honest's choice because, you know, he wants to, I wouldn't say like mold his own coach, but, you know, you think of teams like Giannis, you think of Embiid, you think of, um, you know, these players who have a lot of say and like, we were talking about this about the W too. Um, you know, I don't know how many people listening to this will get this reference, but like when Phoenix, the Phoenix Mercury were thinking of a coach, it was like who Diana Taurasi wanted and who would play the style of what Diana Taurasi wanted. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of the same situation with the Bucks and, you know, him wanting a coach that would play this or the style of basketball that he would want. And yeah. I mean, yeah, good for it's 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 also good press for the Raptors too. You think of all these coaches that have been in our coaching system that are now being considered for these jobs, and even coaches that were in our coaching system in previous who have gone to other places or are coming back and are being considered for our position. I think it just like says good things about our franchise, and um, you know, good for Adrian Griffin for being able to you know break that next barrier in his career. And I mean. You know, when I heard him speak about basketball, he seems very knowledgeable and, you know, I'm looking forward to see what seeing what he looks like as like a full time head coach. Do we, do we call it the Dwayne Casey coaching tree? I, yeah, I guess. I think we do. And it's so funny because I, uh, I, I mean, like, I know that's like sort of a joke, but like, I also feel like the 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 Casey effect is this this roundly dismissed thing. I'm getting on my soapbox here a little bit, but like, I think (laughs) the Raptors collective is just like, yeah, Casey sucks. Everything he did is bad. And it's sort of this, like there's this attitude towards DeMar and Dwayne Casey often that I find just so, yeah. So out of touch, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I think you have to be able to take the things that they did bad 
uh, and sort of like let that influence you. But also, um, you know, a, a nurse was an assistant of Casey for what? Five years, mm-hmm. four years. So yeah, if we're talking tree, like I think that's how that works. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember when Casey first got fired, he, he made allusions to nurse using parts of his playbook uh, in an interview. So you know, I mean, K- Casey obviously, I don't think was was too happy about that situation. But, um, anyways, that's that's my Casey do, so, soapbox. Do we think that Nick Nurse's name was brought up in Detroit at all, whatsoever? <laughs> With Casey being the GM, <laughs> absolutely. Hell no. <laughs> I know. I like. Yeah, I wrote a little thing today about Nick getting that new job, and I was like, yeah, we can all assume why he wasn't at at all brought up in the Detroit search. <laughs> like, nobody yeah. needs to talk about it. It's just. Yeah. Casey was probably it's, like, listen, yeah. if you can, if you can bring back the rock, if you can find a way to bring the rock into Detroit, we'll talk. Yeah. So he's probably like, let's interview him just so we can say no. Yeah. <laughs> or he, he interviews him and he has that, like, what's that? Like the shot thing, NARM or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah. Um, and everything he says, he's just like, yeah, that's a lie. Um, I don't even, is it called NARM? I, I, I didn't, I didn't stick the landing on that joke, but. You guys know what I mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's a good time to uh, get even more silly. Uh, Maddie, good sir, I'm going to ask you to bring yourself in. But first, give me your weirdest Weird Al Raptors sting. Hey, Bobby Webster. Yep. Hey, Jim Bobby Webster. What's this? Hashtag, we I the shared North. an elevator with. <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh, so you <laughs> did. I, I didn't. Oh, um, you weren't there. I wasn't there, but I <sighs> did. I did see Banton and Ibaka in the hallway, so that was pretty. Cool. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, Catherine was there then. One of you were there. Um, and we for, for Bobby. For Bobby, yeah, we get in the elevator. It's just Bobby and Christian Coloco and me and Catherine, and I think it was Krina. We're just sitting there like the entire ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's like if you're sharing one of those elevators, you don't want to be like, "How you doing, Bobby?" Yeah. Um, Usually they don't let you. <laughs> like I've been shoved into other elevators so many times in the players and stuff when it's like Raptors games, but I guess because it was the WNBA game, they're like, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, usually I'm like, they're like, "Nah, you got to take the peasant elevator." I'm like, "All right," so I just wait. Yeah. But I know Bob. Bobby's I look, like yeah. a, He's like a coffee connoisseur. So it could be like, what kind of coffee do you have today, Bob? Yeah. He'd be like, you're, you're out. Don't call me Bob. <laughs> Don't call me Bob. A, <laughs> B, you're banned. Stay tuned after the break for more Confederacy of Dunks. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, okay, let's, uh, um, let's jump to this next segment. Uh, Maddie's going to kick it off. Uh, I haven't seen them yet, but uh, you know, uh, the, in the the uh, the Sky Dome, uh, Rogers Arena, there's all these like new sort of um, bars and kind of like 
restaurants and like activity spaces in the outfield. I don't know how that's working as far as like people watching the game more or not, but it's hilarious and it seems pretty fun and cool. And there's like a bunch of different themes. There's like one with, 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 with that's like kid friendly. There's one that's like more like a, a, there's a bunch of like games, I guess. Um, I'm not selling this, but it does seem pretty cool. And I've heard it's fun. Uh, but uh, I, I want to imagine that at Scotiabank, obviously the Leafs also play there. But in this scenario, we're just going to imagine it's sort of Raptors focus. If any, if, if anyone does have a Raptors slash Leafs idea, that's great. Um, but Maddie, uh, the question is, uh, if you were tasked with designing one of these sort of like sections, right? Uh, what is the vibe? What's going on there? What's what's the deal? You sell me this section. Um, well, one thing that I really liked, I like, but I don't like about what happened at the Rogers Center is they do have one of those. Uh, like little store it's like a store where you can go in and you scan your credit card and just help yourself and leave and it'll just charge you with what you left with okay that's uh i mean it's convenient but i feel like we can't be getting rid of jobs like there's you know people need jobs and don't automate (laughs) people's jobs away yeah main message of this pod yeah yeah (laughs) if i've taught you anything with the bobby webster uh, weird al (laughs) ai Oh, yeah. Is that they're coming well, and they're sophisticated? A guy. There used to be a guy who'd say that. <laughs> yeah, you used to blend those. Uh, uh, the the one thing that I would really like to happen now, I, I didn't pick a whole section. I wanted to just take the whole inside of the arena. I don't know if you remember an old restaurant that used to exist around Toronto called uh, the Rainforest Cafe. And I, I think they're like, they all shut <laughs> down, but I'm sure the insides of those places are stored away somewhere in some kind of warehouse. Let's bring Rainhouse Caf- Rainforest Cafe back <laughs> to Rain the Scotiabank. I want the animatronic animals and stuff like courtside. Sure. I want it like malfunctioning and like grabbing Nav and it's sparking. And like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I want it to be a bit scary, but you know, they do. I remember, uh, I've only been there a couple of times, but they're, you know, they simulate a thunder shower and stuff throughout sure. the game. I think that'd be cool to see a little bit of rain on the court. Got to yeah, clean yeah. it up. Yeah. All your ideas end up with the court being wet, <laughs> I, by the way. It's true. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah. I just, uh, I, because they're the Raptors, you got to have a bit more of that jungle feel in there. Now sure. I'm afraid they're going to have to just take it all down for the leaf games and put it right back up again with the, the hardwood. So it's going to yeah. be at a couple extra hours. I'm just trying to make more work for people here. This is my, oh, cool. this is part of yeah, yeah, you, I'm running for mayor. Keeping the workers <laughs> in mind. Thanks man. Yeah. Lots more work. Uh, but know. yeah, I just figure it, keep the rainforest cafe out of a landfill and let's bring it to to the Scotia Bank Arena. <laughs> I love it. I love that it's intact somewhere in a landfill. <laughs> We're just going to bring that baby back. Um, I also love, you know, I, I'm. I feel like your idea. I'm, I'm imagining like a like a. It's a rainforest cafe, but it's a bit more on the Jumanji side. Yeah, definitely. Right. <laughs> like, like it's pretty scary. Like you roll the wrong dice and there's bees yes. everywhere or whatever. Um, yes. Yes, yeah, Freddie. Yeah. This is cool. Um, <laughs> Okay, uh, we're gonna go with you, Aiden. What's your what's your section? Is it as dangerous as Matt's? Is the court gonna get wet? <laughs> it's a lot less dangerous. I have two. 
Uh, one is just an opportunity to put my advocacy hat on and say that, like, I would like to see a really well-designed accessibility section. Uh, oh, my God, like, yeah. I've sat in a lot of wheelchair sections in the past and you can't see they're at weird angles. They're really high up. Like it'd be really nice to see something that's elevated closer to the court, have some side tables, some like headphones and TV so that it's like a, a much better experience for people that have impairments for whatever, whatever disabilities they have. So I would like to see that in the new Scotiabank arena. Okay, that's yeah. a actually real good idea. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sorry. I, I had no, to, no, I had no, to no, take my chance great. to. Yeah. And so for the fun one, though, I'm I'm calling it second row section. Okay. And so, like, you get to be in the second row, like the quote unquote second row of the uh, assistant coaches bench. So you sit in the back and you get to tune in for all of the timeouts. You get all you can drink Gatorade. And then at quarter time, the cor- you get to like one of the assistant coaches, one of the less important ones comes into your section and you kind of have like this, like this Congress, you know, like they'll talk to you, they'll answer some questions, whatever. The same way they interview a coach at quarter time on TNT and they literally say nothing. You could have a similar interaction with a select group of fans for the, for the game. Okay. This, this is awesome. I'm picturing like, you know, you're, you're right beside Trevor Gleason. You know, he's popping in with his Aussie yeah. accent. You're like, hey, what does this guy do? He's like a really big part of the team. Um, wait, is, is your idea like, are they there or is it like VR? Oh, that's good. You could do both because I don't want it to just be people who can afford to spend $1,000 for this experience. Right. I want it to be accessible to everybody. So yeah, VR would be a good way. Or, you know, like it's randomly pulled. So everybody buys tickets normally. And then it's like, you're automatically entered into the lottery. So you get this random selection of people that get to go down in this little section. And then, yeah, you get to elbow Trev, but Hey, I think uh, it's time to put Banton in. Like we could use some perimeter defense (laughs) and he can tell you to F off, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Everything you say to Trevor, he's just like, I don't have the power to do that. But uh, (laughs) I I love that everyone gets to have their moment. Um, I also, unlimited Gatorade is wonderful. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't know anyone that's ever requested that, but I, I love the idea of them just like if every sip you have of Gatorade, someone's coming along and filling it up. Just um, sections littered with used cups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's really it's an environmental hazard. And yeah. who knows? Yeah. Maybe for Matt, people drop a Gatorade or two. Cork gets wet. Um, Please. <laughs> OK, um, Chelsea, what's your what's your section? What's the vibe? All right. This may get me canceled. Okay, good. But, (laughs) good, this is the vibe. But, okay, we've all been to a club, right? Like a nightclub. Yes. And personally, my favorite part about a nightclub is when they say women get in free. Yes. So, my idea for the new Scotiabank Arena is that you have a section that you know, whether it's like a, the J's where you can just kind of freely walk around activities, whatever, or if it's just like a section of seats where it is one only women and two women get in free mic drop. I mean, not only do we not have to interact with men, we also don't have to spend money. We'll buy drinks. Or if you want to give us the drinks, whatever, like it's like club rules. You go in, you don't have to, you know, deal with the guy yelling next to you about whatever. (laughs) 
you don't have to deal with the guy who's randomly seated next to you who's gonna like ask you to go to his apartment after which has totally happened to me unfortunately um <laughs> all of the things and then you just get to like vibe with your girls and like watch the raptors um i love this idea uh, and also if if this gets you canceled uh <laughs> things are truly in a bad place yeah, um, i've gotten some strange comments online but <laughs> yeah um i think it's innovative personally uh yeah i guess any incels listening um <laughs> don't listen to my podcast um but uh you know may- maybe can i add that they're like there's like like maybe you could pay like um like either like you know we, we want i was gonna say an ai or like a robot man that like does something dumb and then like like ask someone to go to their apartment and then gets like totally clowned and everyone like <laughs> cheer, cheers him out of the section yeah, but drink. yeah yeah dump a drink cork gets wet um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's like, do you, do you guys remember the shooting thing from the Tokyo Olympics? Yeah, bring that guy yeah. back. Yeah. We'll yeah, just bring, like... But also, let's protect jobs here. You know, let's let's yeah. let's hire an actor um, mm-hmm. that comes. There's so in, many of you know. them. Can, yeah, there's a lot. Jobs. There's Can a we lot get of it? Them. Can we get the inverse of that section? Because sometimes you go to a game and it's like so quiet and dead. But like you can opt into a section where it's just like large sweaty dudes with their shirts off that like are yelling obscenities for four quarters. And you're just kind of like, this is cool. This is a cool agro sports experience, you know? Yeah, Yeah, like just we'll we'll call that like you – uh, the just the danger section where you're sort of like you're you're there's an element of sign a waiver. You send a yeah. waiver. There's like, yeah, yeah, get him. Yeah. It's like playing pickup with a guy that's like shirtless, but like really hairy. And you're like, oh man, um, just bring an extra shirt. Um, okay. That's a very specific personal reference. That might be um, me actually, but yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, um, if we play together, uh, I avoid conflict, so I wouldn't say anything, but um <laughs> My section, I'm going to try and take a bit of a different turn here. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, obviously a not branded thing, but like sort of like a chapters indigo vibe. So I want to have, <laughs> I want to have like a library reading section where it's all basketball books and poems oh and gosh. just like audio clippings. Like it's one of those things where you can like hit a button and it will be like, uh, a famous quote, and it's just sort of like a historic aspect. Like, did you know on this day, um, you know, like Mamadou Njai blocked two shots, uh, or, or or whatever. Like, it's, it doesn't have to be Raptors history. Um, and then, yeah, you could have like an alternative wow. section, um, like Chris Childs, uh, uh, he lit a joint after the Raptors got eliminated uh, by the Knicks yeah. or whatever. Interactive. Oh, you have to have Rapture by Nick Nurse, just like on yes. the shelf. Hundred percent has to be a bookend. Um, and then, uh, and then just uh, I mean, like we'll just I guess make like a every drink you have, like we'll make sure it's in throwing distance to the court, just to make sure the court gets wet, a little bit um, wet. Yeah, I'm picturing, like- <laughs> I'm picturing just you, Freddie, and like twelve. 75 year old British guys. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the vibe we're going for. Uh, this is like, yeah, it's like, you know, you want a rowdy section, Aiden. This is like the quiet car on the go yeah. train. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone's very pensive. Um, yeah. You can barely see the game. Uh, okay. I think, I think we did it. Um, Maddie, thank you. Let's, uh, let's, let's uh, do this last segment here. Uh, Chelsea, I'm going to go to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and this is a, a Raptors question. 
And I mean, I think there's a lot of things that people want to see and a lot of questions we have, but yeah, for whatever reason, I'll just let you sort of go in whatever direction you want. What's your biggest question uh, or questions about the the Raptors off season? But I'm I'm sort of looking for like a, a catalyst. Like, what's something that you think is is going to kind of set the tone for everything else? Yeah, I mean, I was writing about this last week where I was trying to do like player reviews and like what the future of certain players would be, but it's so hard to. Th- think about the future of this franchise without knowing what like their vibe is for the next like three days for the front office and the franchise the organization whatever to figure out which road they're going to go down whether they're going to go down the like development we're going to draft high picks we're going to de- develop these young people we're going to give away our biggest assets and get something in return in terms of young people or if they're going to go down the route of like we want to make the playoffs we want to be a contending team um so we're going to invest in the people that we have and we're going to try and get good pieces back and we're not going to play this whole draft lottery game for the next couple of years um and so for me like it's so hard to think about you know who we draft, what we do, who we trade, who we keep, what money goes where without knowing what, which one of those roads that the team is going to go down. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, it's like, I feel like not only will the coach be a determination of that, but I, I think the bigger factor is going to be like the, our free agency and like leading up to the draft. And like, if any trades happen before the draft, if they trade up for number three, then obviously, you know, they're going in the development route. And if they don't, and they just keep 13 and they go into free agency the way that they're going into it right now, then you know that they're going to try and contend. And for me, that's like the deciding factor and like the biggest question going into it, because right now we don't really have a sense of like what this franchise is all about. And I mean, Knowing Masai and knowing his kind of style, I personally think that he might go into the contender route, but also he might not be given that choice because his free agents might just walk, you know? So, um, yeah, it's definitely a weird time where it's hard to predict the future. And this offseason is really big for that. Yeah, well well said. And I think, you know, I want to jump on your, your last point because... I think knowing Masai, right? You know, there's there's what would fans want, and there's you know the the different camps of uh, as far as direction, et cetera, and and there's also the Portland rumors, which were a big deal last summer as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know Masai has sort of indicated that he feels like free agency is you know via trades, and you know he traded away the draft pick for next year. Um, and got Pirtle. So it seems like he's more interested in being competitive, you know, back to our the beginning of the pod parody. He brought that up a bunch of times. Um, but I think what you said in the last sort of, you know, your last point about the free agents walking, like I think as a Raptors fan, we have, we have an example, we have examples of both retaining free agents and free agents walking. And, I think that really is going to set the tone. The coach as well, for sure. But I, to me, it's 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 Fred. I think if Fred is does a sign and trade or leaves or whatever, this team, you know, the Fred and Siakam duo, everything about it, I think, is just like permanently altered. Um, and I think 
if Fred comes back, you, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of, even if Fred came back and Pirtle and Gary walked, there's still that kind of, there's still more continuity. But I think if Fred is, is gone for any reason, then that, that to me is sort of the biggest question. And then, you know, then you can, I mean, we'll talk about it more later, like in future podcasts, but that comes down to like, what are you willing to pay Fred? Are any of these teams going to sort of throw him a lot of money? Uh, we know that that's been a rumor in the past that hasn't happened, but maybe it does this time. Yeah. Aiden, what's your, what's your sort of biggest question, biggest questions uh, heading into the off season or I mean, yeah. in, in the off season. I'm the same with Chelsea. It's like, what road do they want to go down? The one thing I will kind of disagree with you, Freddie, is I think that Freddie could be an opportunity for like a micro reset, right? Like, Pirtle really is kind of the curveball here. That's like, if we acquired Pirtle, then why would we do a full reset? Right. I do think that if they feel like they hit their heads on the ceiling, letting Freddie go and maybe getting something back for him and then finding a new identity with this team with Pascal still being the focal point is, is a likelihood. Um, and, but I think generally what's interesting to me is, and you mentioned this, how Masai talked a lot about parody and kind mm-hmm. of like, everybody's kind of waiting in the weeds to jump on an opportunity to, to make a run. And Miami is a perfect example, right? And as a, as an executive, you can look at Miami in two ways. You could say, Oh, that could be us. Like we're one piece away. Like all we got to do is figure out how to make, like get that one piece. Or you could look at it and say, everybody else is looking at Miami thinking it's their us. Now it's arbitrage for us to leverage that one piece and traded away to other teams. So I, I would be curious to see how Masai looks at that. He could, you know, he could use OG for example, or, or Freddie, either one or Gary for that matter. He could use any one of those three and, uh, and trade them to a team who really feels like they're this close. The Kings would be a perfect example, right? Like if he could trade OG to the Kings for a, a ton um, maybe he'll do that. Uh, and so I think like, the, I, I think, yeah, I think the biggest question is what road, but I'm just really curious about how, and Masai is always looking for that arbitrage. And I'm just kind of curious mm-hmm. how he's going to approach that. Yeah, I know it's a, it's a good point. I think sort of my like guiding light with Masai has always been that, you know, he doesn't like, he, he doesn't like to operate, um, when he doesn't have a lot of leverage. So that's why, you know, what happened at the deadline didn't surprise me when we didn't trade Kyle at the deadline, Tampa didn't surprise me. So, but yeah, like, I think that's sort of what's interesting about this, this period for the Raptors is like you said, well, if everyone's, you know, being like, I could be, I could be like Miami, maybe besides looking at our team and being like, yeah, but we could also be like Chicago. So let's, you know, Let's you know Pascal's got like a, you know a solid whatever three or four years of being like a fantastic player. Um, so you know maybe let's trade OG or um, Fred and bring in some some younger talent, younger talent slash established players because that that was a rumor in the in the trade deadline as well, right? He doesn't just want draft picks; like he doesn't want a bunch of players that are that need development time. Like I think he wants sort of ready-made players as well, but um, yeah, good, good points all around. Chelsea, is there anything you want to add? 
Yeah, I definitely agree with the like whole Miami aspect of it. Like the way that they just kind of like came in from the play in were super close to losing to Chicago, who Chicago probably would have ended up losing in like the first round. And now we're in the finals. Like I feel like Masai is going to take that and be like, that could be me um, and run with it. Because again, like the playoffs are very different as we've all seen from this year, um, from the regular season. So, I mean, as long as you can get a spot um, in the playoffs, you know, the world is your oyster, I guess, to use a, a cliche term, but yeah. And I, I could see based like, obviously we don't know, like we say we know him, but we don't like know him, but like, yeah. Knowing the way that his mind operates sometimes, I definitely could see him going the route of, okay, let's like keep as much as we can. Let's make a run. Let's try to be Miami. Let's do that. Right. And I do think the comparisons of like Miami and Toronto as like two franchises are, you know, valid. So I mm-hmm. could see how he could compare himself in terms of that. So I agree. Yeah. Plus yeah. That, that value of continuity, which I think we really underestimate. Mm-hmm. And again, Denver, their core have been together for a long time, or at least they're like top two. Um, Miami's similar, and like the Raptors have that. And like, I we can argue about what their ceiling is, and I think a lot of the naysayers will say that like we very clearly know it. But I I just don't think that growth or like that process is linear. And and if we're if internally they feel like we're that close that could just be you know like you're saying chelsea that miami inspiration could be it like we just need that one more piece everybody's Mm -hmm. kind of hitting the peak of their powers all simultaneously like let's run this back i could i could see that being a thing i thought that's what this year was going to be like to be honest but it seems completely valid honestly and like don't get me wrong it's going to cause a lot of like people on twitter going like this team blah 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 blah, blah," which is going to happen no matter what you do Mm -hmm. like i feel like and obviously they're not going to take that into stock because they are, you know, the people of the franchise and not people on Twitter. But um, I personally think that it's completely valid. And like anybody on Twitter is like, blow it all up. I'm like, I get that side of your point of view as well. But I do think it's completely logical to, especially seeing what we just saw in terms of Miami's run this year, completely logical to do. Question for you both. Do you think these, the coach that we sign will be an indicator of what path we take? Or do you think those are not necessarily connected? Yes and no. I do yeah. think, you know, yeah. With Nurse, it was, you know, one, he, when they hired Nurse, it was like, okay, he has a lot of run with the franchise, but he's also new and fresh and whatever. Um, I do think like the emphasis on which coach will be, I don't know if they if they get someone who's familiar with the franchise, say like Sergio, for example, if they bring Sergio back, I think it'll be an indicator of them wanting to contend and have a guy who knows these guys on a somewhat personal level. And then I also think if they get someone like super, super fresh, maybe they're going in the route of development. Yeah, for me, you know, I've said this a long time or, you know, a lot about Casey, but I think a big part of the sort of Maasai Casey dynamic versus the Maasai um nurse dynamic is that Casey's job was never fully secure. And I think that whoever Masai brings in is, is there to execute Masai's vision. And there's going to be like no going rogue and complaining about bench players. Like I think whoever's there is, you know, like, yes, it's collaborative, but Masai is their boss. And I think that whoever comes in that I would be really surprised if it was like a Dan Tony type. 
if it was someone who came in who was like, Masai, leave me alone. Like, I think whoever comes in is going to be a guy that's like, all right, let's make Scotty work. Let's blah, blah, blah. Like, let's, let's do this. You know what I mean? Let's, let's make your vision a reality. Um, yeah. So that's sort of like in that sense, I, I, so I don't think it like to answer your question, I don't think it's an indication unless there's an extreme sort of like, you know, like, like stylistic personality that comes in. But, um, yeah, I'll just add, you know, back to what, what we were saying before, um, you know, think about us as Miami. I just heard a, a wild fact that, uh, Kevin Love, every time he's been in the playoffs has made the finals. So we just got to make sure we pick up Kevin Love uh, next year. And I think things will be all right. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that does it for the pod. Thank you both so much. Uh, we'll, we'll bring Maddie back in. But uh, yeah, t- uh, tell us what's going on, um, Aiden. Um, what's up? I know you're, uh, you're writing and you're, and, and you're doing the, um, the, the wrap up. But I mean, there's no games right now. But uh, are you going to do sort of more, more kind of like evergreen yeah. material? Yeah, Orin and I text each other i get mad about something and then we agree we should we should talk about it so keep an eye out for the uh quote-unquote summer editions of the wrap-up and then similarly anytime i get mad or think of something i'll write about it but there's no constant output right now with the off season so just keep an eye out on raptors republic there's lots of good stuff going on anyway that's not me so cool um yeah uh, keep your eyes peeled for aiden getting mad you know what i mean um Chelsea, what's up? What do you, uh, uh, what's going I mean, a lot's going on, but what, what yeah. do you want to talk about? Yeah. I mean, if you want to follow what we're doing on Raptors HQ as well, that's fun. We're writing about a bunch of off season content and getting some, some stuff out there. So that's fun. And then on the comedy side, yeah, I, I post shows and Freddie and I are doing a show again on, on Saturday and I have a couple other things coming up. So that's a bunch of fun if you're in Toronto. And then if you're into women's basketball, um, obviously because of the season is happening right now, I'm doing like a whole, whole bunch of women's basketball pieces and live streams and podcasts and all of that fun stuff. So if you're into the WNBA, then now's a good time to follow that stuff. Yeah. Amazing. Um, uh, Maddie, uh, wh- wh- why don't you uh, take us away here? What, what do you want to let the people know? Uh, thanks for listening. You can go to raptorsrepublic.com. You can listen to the full podcast there if you are watching on YouTube. Thanks for, uh, if you did check out the clips there, like and subscribe. And yeah, just hit hit those podcatchers. We really appreciate it. You can also check us out at dunkspodcast.com. And uh, as always, yeah, like make sure you check out the paywall for the writers. Like Aiden, you know, six bucks a month. They write really good stuff and they need our support. So opt in, folks. Opt in. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Right on. Uh, Maddie, if you if uh, you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast. Cast.